This is the Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and only things office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hi everybody, it's Hannah Gray back with another episode of the Office Manager Diaries podcast. Very happy today to um, welcome Shanaz Bussawan, who is the PA and Office Manager at British Ports Association. Welcome Shanaz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Quite exciting. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Like um, you were saying you don't connect with too many people on LinkedIn, but you found this interesting and then we got mm. chatting and I invited you to be a guest on the podcast. And like I said, I've seen a lot of your content on LinkedIn and I really do love how active you are. So thank you for being on and giving up some of your, I'm sure, very precious time to to join me. No, that's not a problem. More than happy to. Thank you. So going straight into it, as I say, I do love how active you are on on social media, on LinkedIn specifically, where we're connected, sharing your experiences and what you're up to. Can you tell us more about a typical week in your role and in the office there, please? So we are an association for ports around the UK. So we have over 200 ports as our members. So my colleagues, they lobby on their behalf to the government within different areas. So we work quite closely with Department of Trade, uh, Transport and government bodies. So a week can be very different by season. So typical week is on a Monday morning. I think since the pandemic, we are quite good at communication as a team because we're only a team of seven. And every Monday morning we'll have a Teams call and it can talk, you know, it's quite, it starts casually what everyone got up to at the weekend. And then obviously we all kind of go through our diaries about what everyone's doing. So we're quite clear on our communication, which is what I really appreciate about working within a small team. Um, And then we sort of plan out our week ahead. And obviously with the pandemic, we sort of do work hybrid now, but we've kind of made a point of all coming in on a Wednesday. So we still have the days that we want to pick to work from home or if we're traveling and then we'll always check in with each other who's in the office um, that week and then I sort of have a to-do list of various things I need to get checked off because we've got quite a lot of working groups that we all look after so it's it's quite a full-on week every week but every week's different which is quite nice so it's not set so because we do quite a lot of things each each season Um, so yeah and what what does that look like so what what is it like working for British Ports Association you've explained you know more about what they do but how specifically do you support them what sort of tasks are you being given to do there? So I kind of overlooked the overrunning of the office so in regards to admin work like getting bills paid on time um, also checking what support my colleagues need if they're traveling if they need support with that and also maintaining my daily work of inbox of the main inbox because we get quite a lot of various queries it's almost kind of like we've all got different fingers and different pies about different things so it's not like a typical like office management role where I'm just sort of sat at my desk because I'm not because um I do get to visit a lot of our port members as well uh, which is quite interesting because being I don't have I have no maritime background whatsoever uh, coming into this but I'm five and a half years in and it's quite surprising what I've learned about the maritime industry so it's quite hands-on as well we facilitate meetings in our office as well 
so it's just sort of taking care of, of, of our guests in our offices as well so it's, it's quite varied but my main task is to support the team and what they need help with and what I can do for them as well and in terms of the seven of them so are they traveling quite a lot like when you say you're going to to the different ports I mean how how far around the country does that does that get you so we kind of lobby on behalf of port so like currently at the moment my my boss and my other colleague mark richard and mark they're both at the conservative party conference in manchester um and then next week they're at the labor one so they're which is i think in liverpool so i've got to kind of like organize and the travel and uh, their stay for that. And they're actually doing, I think they did a dinner last night as well. So it's just multiple things. Like even like if I'm not attending or doing an event, I still kind of do the background stuff of that. Um, and then in regards to travel, it could be literally all over the UK. I mean, the furthest point that I've got to so far is Orkney, which is quite interesting. And then even down to Cornwall, down to the furthest point. And then there's also some international travel, but not for myself, but for my um, senior colleagues. And uh, yeah, so sometimes just helping with that also. So, but mainly it is within the UK. And I've always kind of said, like, even to my friends, like, the UK coast is so underrated because there's so many beautiful places around the UK. There really is. Yeah, it's, I'm quite envious, actually, because I guess it takes you around the coast, as you say, because you wouldn't be going to ports like in the middle of the country, right? But it, it must be really interesting, because so many of us don't ever actually get to really fully explore the country that we live in. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a good point to raise so that it must take you round and get to see and meet, probably meet lots of interesting yeah. people as well in different parts of the country, I bet. So how have you find, found your time in office management? I can see from your LinkedIn profile that you were office coordinator back in 2016 for a couple mm -hmm. of years for Birkenstock. What was your journey like from, from there? I guess, how did you get from there to now? And how did you get into that first office coordinator role back then? So it's quite interesting. So I've always been in footwear. So <laughs> wholesale footwear for like, Oh, about 10 years. But what was quite interesting is even if I was in that industry and I moved to different companies, it's almost like the customers that I was sort of looking after back then never changed because they all bought different brands of footwear. So even if I moved different offices and companies, I still knew the same people I was talking to daily. So I guess when you're looking for a new job, especially for an agency, they'll kind of make you stick within that what of what you already know to fill that pocket in the next space and I kind of always knew the niggling this is not what I wanted to do so when the opportunity came at Birkenstock it kind of came up as account management for accounts but also at the same time doing a bit of PA and almost starting like a startup company because the main head office was in Germany for Birkenstock and they didn't have an office in um, London. So it was just starting from scratch, really, like a startup. And it was just my boss at the time and another colleague. And it was just the three of us. And we actually started in a WeWork office and we literally grew from there. So I kind of gained a lot of experience. Like you kind of learn things as you go along in the sense of um, getting an office space, kitting it out doing things like the the broadband, talking the broadband for the office, which was a, a nightmare, which I remember doing. And we were, we were based on Bond Street. 
so it's quite central but it's also when you get a new team coming on like sorting them out and obviously doing the travel side of things and I sort of built up from there really but I think again it was just being in that footwear industry I just I think I kind of run my time through that and I, I think I was working quite a lot of hours as well and I think I sort of sidetracked to what I really wanted to do and it was just ironically that I, I think it was Christmas and I was walking through Carnaby Street and I came across this shop which was called um, Help Refugees and I sort of went in and it was basically a concept where you sort of buy someone a gift but it doesn't you give you give them the card but the actual goods go to um, refugees where it's needed and I really like that concept and I actually started volunteering um, with them at the weekends and I really enjoyed it and I loved it and I thought I really love this and I just thought the charity sector just had something about it and I basically thought started looking at jobs within this charity sector and non-profit should I say um and I remember getting two interviews for two children's charities and then this one popped up because it's an association which is non-profit and I just saw it on the paper and then I just sort of went for the interview and it just seemed like a admin job on paper but when I actually met my colleagues I kind of really clicked with them and I think that's really important when you're working and you find a job that you're working with these people that you do actually see more than your family but we just clicked but at the same time I had no idea about what they did in regards to events and I think on my second week that I was there we do an annual lunch and we do it at this place called Draper's Hall which is a beautiful place definitely google image it is stunning and it's an old I know place. it oh do I, you I yeah. Know, so, yeah we had a Christmas party there in oh, like it's beautiful. 2013, yeah, it's lovely, really lovely. I can't remember much, I have to say, about <laughs> it, but I remember walking in. Yeah, and it's like a small, tiny doorway, and there's this big hall, like, it's just hidden in, in like, in, in that area, and I remember my second week was doing this, and I thought to myself, why are these guys not shouting about it? And I was like, they're not put anything anywhere, and I've always been a bit of an Instagrammer, and um, I think I sort of took over. And I, even to this day, I said to my boss, like, "How many followers have you got on Instagram and, Twitter and, and LinkedIn now?" Because when I started, and I sort of tease him on that, but I literally put a post like on, I think it was Twitter or LinkedIn or my personal Instagram, and everyone was saying, "What is this? Where is this?" And I thought, "Okay, this is something." And I think I sort of got the logins for our old Instagram account and our, our LinkedIn and it just started from there really <laughs> so that was my sort of journey and um, yeah I sort of transitioned from footwear to maritime industry and had I known a lot younger about the maritime industry I think I would have joined a lot, lot a lot earlier that's for sure. I, I love that and I forgive my cheesy but while you were saying about the fact that you know these recruiters very typically and when you find an industry people want you to to stay in that right I had the same because I was in finance but I really was sitting there tempted to say they shoehorn you in because of the pun around your shoe <laughs> no honestly it, it, and I just sort of felt like because I remember for a while I really wanted to go into like the non-profit sector it was just something about it and I think it's just about giving and just being kind and I just there's just something you get a buzz about it I don't know what it is but for me that was just what I kind of was drawn to yeah but they but there is that that point isn't there where you have to break the mold essentially don't you you have to manage that and actively go out there and say I don't want to work for this sector anymore <laughs> I want to do a similar kind of thing but I don't want to be in this sector and you have to push back I guess on the recruiters and 
contacts or, or like you did you know actively look for a certain sector mm. and apply directly whatever it might be to to get out of it because we all we all find that I think throughout our careers if we're a receptionist or a PA or an office manager or work in finance account you know all these kind of operational type roles typically any and even in you know sort of sales based roles you will generally have people try and push you into the same sort of sectors yeah. and businesses so yeah I love the fact that you were very active about and proactive about that yeah so how do you approach I mean I suppose you've talked about it a little bit there with with what you were saying towards the end about the Instagram and um managing up effectively to say I'm going to do this for this business and I'm going to increase visibility or share what we're up to and and I know as I said you've been doing that a lot on LinkedIn as well Mm -hmm. but how do you approach building and maintaining positive relationships with colleagues and stakeholders perhaps like you say the members of the port association as well within the office environment but also and in particular with your split role where you've got the PA hat and the office management hat so I, I think every company's secret weapon is the PA, um, literally, because I think when you build a really good relationship with another PA from another company who works for another senior, and especially when you're doing events, it's about communication and knowing how to talk to someone else, because I think PAs are the people that make things happen behind the scene, and they get the people that need to be at the places at the time. So that's one thing I've learned is have really good relationships with other PAs because they can make things happen. And, and it's almost like once you do something for them, they will do something for you. But it's also maintaining that good relationship and having that sense of humor about things. That's one thing that I have definitely learned. They are your secret weapons because they make things happen and get people where they need to be. They do. And I do you know that's such a good point because obviously we do have a lot of office managers on this podcast who are only now doing office management and we have had some people who like you are in what we would call a hybrid split um or combined role mm. and you're right I mean I have been in, in assistant roles in my past and when you're operating at the top level you know c-suite or executive level or whatever you might want to call it with all these expressions you know the board level director level it is so important to tap into that relationship um, and build that connection with the assistants in the other organizations who are operating at or around those levels because it does like I love the fact that you say secret weapon because it is it is your <laughs> your way in to get information to get you know shit done quite frankly yeah when you build that so so that's your that's your your method your your secret weapon as you say in in each and every role from now on where you have that type of role I guess where you would actively again look to connect and build the relationships with the PAs of, of your boss's counterparts to make sure that 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 bridge is strong and then you can deliver that service I guess for your stakeholders definitely and I think it ties in with just relationships and networking and keeping those conversations going because obviously we have members and we provide information to them so that's what we have to give back so I think that's very key in just keeping very good communication and knowing who to contact and how to especially how to speak to somebody as well I mean I think one thing I remember I mean going back to my past job lives is you know some people can I I found it quite hierarchy whereas within the maritime industry everyone's so approachable and I love that no matter how there's no senior levels or anything everyone's just approachable and I think that's important as well to have like a sort of open door policy and be approachable really yeah it's it's true and 
the same applies I think in an office management role like I, I often say if you're not approachable and people are in fear of talking to you you're not going to get stuff done because you're not necessarily going to know what needs to be done or what's broken or not working properly in the office if people exactly. can't come and tell you that and, and build that relationship so absolutely agree tip for this week is all about event management you may know if you have heard anything on this podcast or followed the office management group for a while that we run tens and tens of events every year from small networking events and dinners to much larger networking events with upwards of 100 attendees and then over to our office management awards where we have around 200 people for a formal sit down dinner and the office management show which gets about 300 people through the door throughout the day. It's so important when you are running an event to have an event planner set up. This shows everything in terms of what you need to do before, during and after the event. If it's helpful as well, you might want to have a budget tracker in place. So you're setting out what the venue costs are, what the cost for drinks are, the cost for catering, any decorations, staffing, um, games, entertainment, all these different things, flowers, etc, giveaways, goodies, and so on. Get all of that in there into your budget tracker in terms of what the quotes are and who you're going with, and then the final costs that have been agreed. Always add that 10% overage when you're doing things like this as well. So you've got that little bit of wriggle room just in case. Then start to draft your running order for the day or days of your event. What does that look like for setting up? What does it look like once doors are open or once guests attend? What time do you want food to be served, drinks to be served? How will the bar work? When are you going to register people and how? Um, how are you closing down and, and what's the requirement, I suppose, when you're closing down? Do you need to take rubbish with you or will the venue get rid of it? And all these different questions that you need to ask and display on your running order. Maybe consider getting a contact sheet here as well. So all the different people that are involved in the event on the day, like photographers and things as well, and their phone numbers and email addresses, you and your team, the venue staff and so on, so that everything is in one place. So that should people not arrive on time, you've got that there or even set up perhaps a WhatsApp group for all the key people. Again, consider how you'll manage attendees, RSVPs, what platform you're going to use. We use Eventbrite, for example, but you could be using something like a simple Google form or Microsoft form to get the replies in. And what's the objective of your event? What will make it a success? So think about that from the start when you're doing this event. And even if it is just a casual work social, what is it exactly that the objectives are that you need to try and achieve here? Is it just team building and getting everybody together? Is it to have fun and therefore making sure that you've got, you know, the best quality food at the right price? is going to be really important that you've taken into account everybody's dietary requirements and drinks requirements and everything just feels very cohesive so it, that it will run smoothly in order to achieve those objectives so have a think what will make that event a success what makes events a success in general and hopefully it will run just as smoothly as most of ours tend to So it looks like you have lots of events and conferences there. You've talked about some mm -hmm. um, that your your team are at at the moment. 
and you're sharing a lot as I say again on LinkedIn and, and so I've seen some of those happening how involved are you in those conferences and events tell us more about your role on that side please so I mean last week we did an event at the Welsh Senate so that's like a sort of parliamentary reception for our Welsh ports group so I sort of I'm the one that sort of looks at the diary like right, when we're doing this and I sort of start from scratch. I get in touch with the events team over there and do the invite list. So I'm quite heavily involved in start to finish, like who we're inviting and then speakers and things like that. So that was last week. And then this week, I'm actually in Peterhead for a fishing ports group. I, and again, I have no fishing background whatsoever, but I'm going with my colleague, Mark, to Peterhead and I sort of set up the where we're staying at the hotel a little, a little dinner the meeting venue and things like that so I do these sort of things as well and then we've also got our BPA conference which is coming up but my colleague Eileen is sort of overseeing that which is being held with the Port of London Authority so that's a joint venture with them and we've also got a third party events a company called CL Events helping with, with us with that and that's quite a big project um, so that's in October and then in November I'm actually organising the um, parliamentary reception in Holyrood which is in Edinburgh and again that will entail with the reception in Holyrood and then an evening dinner with our members so again it's like start from start to finish and I'm actually working on that now at the moment with the invitation list so again it's like the seasonal things that we do we do that towards the end of the year and then in the new year like around spring we have an annual lunch again which we did at, at Draper's Hall but my members are going to be a bit gutted to know that we're not going there next year because we've just outgrown it massively so hope we're hoping to have a bigger venue and more people attend because it is one of our most popular events as well so pretty much start to finish really <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, uh-oh, like a spoiler alert there. <laughs> because yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt any of your members are listening to this podcast, but if you put it out on LinkedIn and share it, you may well uh, hear that uh, that little spoiler there about the venue change. But um, it is a lovely venue, isn't it? Yeah. It but, is. So so you are really involved and, and they're, they're very, very often, by the sounds of it, very frequently held these, these events. Yeah. It's quite a, a big part of your role. So we do we do working groups as well. So each of us have different working groups that we look after. So I look after the fishing ports group with Mark and also the infrastructure group, which is um, for our engineers. So really things that I don't have any background on, but I really massively geek out on them when I find out and learn about things, which is really interesting. Geek out. <laughs> so, I mean, the past with, with the infrastructure group, I've already been to Cork. Um, which is beautiful. I've been to um, Portsmouth, which we did in June. I think we did Teesport up in like near Middlesbrough. So yeah, it, it kind of gets me out and about and as well with the fishing ports group as well. Um, but we also, we, we like to engage with our members as well and try and get to ports that, you know, that they're, one thing about ports, I know a lot of people have this vision that they're all, you know, they're closed behind high walls and doors, but they're not. They're very much open. And a lot of them do actually have open days, which kind of brings me to another hat that I wear, which is um, promoting um, maritime careers, especially focused on ports. So I go to a lot of... Um, school uh career events as well which is quite interesting which is like another hat that I wear <laughs> on top of everything else that I do but I really enjoy that and I think that's where I really get a buzz off that as well in the sense of talking yeah. to people about careers and where they want to go because I know when I was at school and college we didn't have anything like that it was literally like go to uni get a degree and get a job like nine to five but what is a nine to five job <laughs> Well, I mean, it really doesn't exist anymore, does it, for most people with this flexible working? But, and I bet that really plays into 
that whole element where you know you you clearly like working and operating for like you say not for profits and charities and and you're, cl- yeah. you're clearly very giving with your time and generous there otherwise you wouldn't have been drawn to that in the first place so I bet it plays quite nicely into that as yeah. well does it it does and I mean I wear another hat as well I'm the vice chair of the maritime and ethnicity group so for maritime UK so it's like I wear another hat but it's almost like those two things tie in very well because I mean I I mean one thing I have noticed is as you know the, the maritime industry is so warm and welcoming but it does kind of need change in demographics in in regards to ethnicity and also in regards to gender so that's another thing that I'm trying to work and connect with people and I sort of this is I think this is what ties into my LinkedIn page because I like to to I think people see things visually and it's almost like if you if people can see what my job is like and how much I love my job because people ask me do you like your job I go no I love my job I absolutely love my job and it's like if I can show what there is the maritime industry has to offer is you know people kind of work very visually on that and they see that and a lot of, even my own friends and family they're very curious about what I do like oh I wish I had your job like what do you do I, go, I don't know I just do it so I think those sort of things kind of tie in in the sense of the diversity and obviously the career side of things and I think that's sort of balled into something else as well on its own and become part of me and my role as well. I think that's the nature with people who are giving and caring first and foremost and therefore do become PAs office managers because you you have to care I was saying it to someone at the show last week you have to care in order to do this job and I think that's the common denominator that I've seen in everybody certainly since I've been recording the office manager diaries podcast is everybody seems to care you know like Jackie Corbett who was on a few weeks ago came from this nanny background where you know you are looking after yes children but you're caring you're nurturing and I think that's where it stems from and, and almost starts with I suppose in terms of the personality profile that that is needed to do this to to really care and to to give a damn about people in the role and, and the business but also then this um this other piece where you you're almost creative right so when you say oh I don't really know what I do I just do it and and I think it's that it's kind of being very open-armed and Mm. saying yeah willing to to like you say put my finger into every pie that needs to be sorted out and you know organized and structured and whether it's permanent temporary I'm going to help sort that process out that problem out that yeah you know whatever it might be and I think that's the other side where you are hopefully in a, a role where you're given autonomy you can use your intuition mm. and um and yeah like I say those kind of creative bones to to get the job done and I think that's what makes these roles quite quite rare and often quite difficult to sum up what you do yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and I think again it's just like having a really great team and a boss who kind of lets me vocalize my ideas and things like that I remember so we do like a chairs dinner every year and it's got to be a different venue and it's almost like uh, we used to do use old livery halls and I think it was the pandemic and I think I wanted to use um, Goldsmith Hall but I think it was pandemic and I think I couldn't get the booking for the date that I wanted and I remember just walking along um, City Hall and I just looked up and it was like Tower Bridge and I was like looking up at Tower Bridge I thought do you reckon I could use that? And I put it with my boss and he goes, should we go there? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's go there. And, you know, I actually held a dinner up there, which is, you know, I never thought I would, but it's just like the random ideas and being allowed to kind of go with them within remit, obviously. But it's just allowing me to think of new things. And obviously I think 
I think one thing that I, I remember thinking about events is obviously like when you're taking on social media, you sort of take pictures of the nice pristine table. I actually like taking pictures of tables after an event because to me, in my mind, the messier the table, the better the event went. <laughs> That's kind of how I measure it. But I've got a whole, I've got this little album of like messy tables, but I love it on in these grand halls and places. But for me, I think as long as people have had a good time and they've network that you know they're having a good time and they've been looked after that's that's what makes me happy and you're right it's about looking after people and so I think someone said to me they introduced me like I'm the glue of the office like yeah she's the glue <laughs> I'm like yeah but it's right and and it's the same at the the, the same kind of thing we want people I think to feel at these events whether they're mm -hmm. internal external a bit of both whatever it might be is the similar feeling I suppose that we want people to have in their workplace each day or being part of the company is that experience that you know having a good time and being productive you know whatever whatever the objective of those events those meetings etc are yeah how can I ensure that through every means that I have access to I can make that happen and people have a good time and and it's memorable and you almost want the same you know you want people to go home from the office each day where they've had a good day, they've been able to be productive, they've had good conversations, they've got their job done, and we facilitate that that environment, I think. Oh, 100%. And I think I've learned from my experiences from some previous jobs when I was, you know, working in, in wholesale footwear, I was completely miserable, and I thought, you shouldn't get to that point, and no one should really. Um, life, life's just too short, I think. So I think you just got to make the most of every day, really. And, you know, I just sort of think, it's good to have a even if something bad happens just allow it like you know let it slide like not everything's going to be perfect especially when you're doing an event things happen you just got to let it slide and you just make do with what you got so I think it's that as well not having an attitude and, and sort of being hard on yourself thinking what went wrong and thinking about that you got to move forward and push forward that's kind of my mindset in regards to work as well yeah definitely made me think then when you were saying you never know what you're you're going to get in life I think or whatever you were saying and I was just thinking of Forrest Gump it's like a life, <laughs> life is like a box of chocolates yeah. isn't it so um and it's the same with events like you just don't know and you've got to ride exactly. yeah. ride it out like none of our events have been completely and utterly you know hiccup free we've we've always had things but it's how we almost hide that from the people that are there to have a good time or do what they need to do we, we smooth it out so that they don't feel it and the thing yeah I mean I've got such a great team with a sense of humor there have been a few I think there must have been about twice I've I think once my uh my boss Richard and Mark went to I think it was Italy and I forgot to book their hotel rooms and I was completely mortified but you know what it happens <laughs> so <laughs> there's things like that and then, and then I think there was another place where I, I think they were in the um conservative party conference in Birmingham and they had to pick up the keys from a really dodgy looking shop but I, I was mortified again but when I looked at Airbnb it looked really good but I mean it was but it just like happened to be they had to pick it up from a really dodgy shop and they sent me a picture and you know we just laugh about these things it's about having like a sense of humor as well and having knowing you can be on that level with with people who, and colleagues who, who are understanding as well and that's really important I think that's what makes a really good team like communication and understanding that empathy isn't it and emotional intelligence 100%. there as well really 100% so can you now share something please from your office manager diary one of our you won't believe it but moments oh won't believe it but oh I'm not sure <laughs> I mean I remember 
one highlight, it was a bit of an interesting one, I guess, was during shipping week. I was on the doing a, a careers event on a boat which was from the which was docked next to HMS Belfast. And it was a school event with a, a primary school kids. And suddenly like, Boris Boris came on the boat. <laughs> and the kids were just like, what? Wow. And obviously he was prime minister at the time. So that was quite interesting, um, having Boris on the boat. And it was just like, oh, this is, this is yeah, this is my working life. And I remember taking a picture and like, it was just, it was sharing it on social media and things like that. And it's just like one of those realistic things. And you're like, okay, you know, this is my job. <laughs> this is my daily life. <laughs> so I guess that's one thing from my, can't believe that happened. <laughs> he just ran, it wasn't planned. He just appeared or did you know he was coming? No, no, it was, it was it was planned, but it's obviously the thing about with these sort of um, appearances, it it can literally change within like ten minutes. Nope, he's not coming. Yes, he's coming. No, he's coming. You know, it's always those sort of things, really. So uh, it wasn't it was it wasn't sure because I mean sometimes we invite ministers and sometimes unfortunately they do drop out last minute, which ha- which is understandable and and happens quite frequently. So yeah, the fact that he did turn up was like okay, wow, he's here. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we had we had someone on. Um, it was Sarah who was mm. out in Australia, and she had um, I can't remember her name now. Jatenda, who was the New Zealand Prime Minister at one of uh-huh. her events. Oh wow! Um, so it does it does take you to these weird and wonderful places sometimes, and especially when you're doing events. It does totally. What have been the toughest challenges for you over your time in the office management world? And how do you or have you overcome those challenges, please, Shanaz? I think when you're sort of overwhelmed, I think the key thing is to vocalise it and not think like you just sort of sit there taking it all on your shoulders. Um, I think how I think communicating, that's one thing that I've learned, is just sort of being able to vocalise, like, look, I need help and support on this. Like, I'm a bit overwhelmed, can someone help me? And I think that is what's key. So I, I never try and get to that point where you're overwhelmed or you get stressed about something. I think it's more like, especially when you're in a team, it's best to like vocalise and see how you can help yourself as well as your colleagues at the same time. So I think that kind of, that's one thing that I've learned, like just to be like vocalised when you feel like you're being overwhelmed and, you know, it helps ease the load and you get through it. So I think that's one thing that I've learned massively. And how, how do you have that, that conversation I suppose to almost put put me in a room with you if you know you're talking to your line manager you're talking to especially where you've got these two hats or many hats in your roles what does that conversation go like if, if, if you ask my colleague Eileen uh, last week I think the the swear jar would have been really full from my mouth uh, <laughs> sometimes. so sometimes you've got to let off steam I think but not in you know in a, in a humorous way but it um I think I'm quite an emotional person so I think I don't I can't hide anything as well I think my face can't hide expressions as well which is, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing but um <laughs> I, I would say uh I, I you know I, I would kind of communicate in the office go oh, look can someone help me on this or you know we've we're, we're quite good even if we're a lot of us are traveling or something we've even got like a work whatsapp group as well and that really helps a lot because it helps us daily commute as well like rather than just paying an email or something because you don't always see an email instantly so in that sense i think communication is just so key so i think i would say that's how i kind of i'm quite community i'm quite expressive as well but in a good way <laughs> i again i think office managers are those who wear their heart on their sleeves i suppose yeah. so you can see 
what's going on and you can see a lot in in our faces I guess sometimes yeah. <laughs> um, you're probably not on your own there so now share with us please some tips about being an effective office manager and perhaps juggling your hybrid role of the PA and the office management side I think this is something I took from my last role at Birkenstock was basically having my diary and having it open to everybody. And I have this to-do list and I literally list everything on there and I highlight in red what's quite important. And for me, that really helps me keep on track what I need to do. And even when you're having conversations, because obviously when you're having conversations with like your coworkers or someone, someone pings an idea, I'll literally write it down on there. So it's not like lost in translation or anything. And I'll revert back to it. Go, what about this? And for me, that is my, that is like my, my gold, gold list. Like I can't work without it. And if I don't have it, I'll just feel really lost. So for me, and and obviously everyone's got visibility of it as well. So they can kind of see what's on there. But I literally put everything on there, like for my daily tasks, like emails I need to answer back to. And, and I also list my events by month. So what I need to like, how many weeks I need to get something done and what I need to get pushed forward and also how far ahead the event is going to be. So I've got events till like November on here. If I look at my list at the moment, actually, no, I tell a lie. I've got events till June. So <laughs> next year. So I'm... I was going to say short. Sure, yeah, I was going to say surely you, you're probably further ahead than that, given your lunch in the spring as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. So I've actually got June <laughs> events up to June. So, yeah, it's just it's just it just helps me to keep on track of everything and knowing when to send invitations and things like that. Really good because if people have got access to that as well, there's that visibility again and a a method of communication essentially as well. Yeah. But that may, because a lot of people come to me regularly where they have this assistant role teamed with the office management role and they say, I can never juggle both effectively. Mm -hmm. And often what happens is the office management role is deprioritized because in an assistant role, you are very much you know traditionally speaking you're very much supporting someone or people and you are being issued work day in day out you know book this meeting book Mm. this travel come to this meeting and take the minutes and write them up and send them for me whatever it might be and some of that might be proactive where you're saying I'm going to do this for you and and a lot of it will be reactive because they say I need to go to Japan in you know December and I need to go and visit these clients source it out for me and you just do everything around that so it is quite reactive um, and it is quite, um, I suppose, like ordered and structured. Whereas on the office management side, yes, you'll have reactive things, but to to get really proactive and to really manage, especially when you're speaking of, I suppose, larger offices, you have to really tap into a whole host of things like, you know, health and safety yeah. that I know people struggle with. And so many people say to me that because they've got people essentially stood at their desk, stood at their door, whether that's physically or electronically, you know, if you think about Teams or chat Mm. or WhatsApp or emails, where your directors are saying, do this for me, do that. You're always going to prioritize those people, those things versus your never ending to do list on the office management side. So does it help you with that? Because you're giving people the transparency and able to almost, I suppose, manage upwards and say, this is my to-do list so whatever you're expecting of me unless it's urgent like yeah. this kind of stuff's going to happen first or how does it help you with that that problem that I'm often asked to, to resolve for people so I think it kind of goes back to our Monday meeting that we have as a team like when we sort of plan our week ahead and you know we kind of talk about 
every, everyone kind of goes around the room like what they're doing and I literally will read off my list and that is it like or if I've got something else to be adding on to it then I'll add that task onto it so again it's just having that transparency about what I'm doing this week and this is on my to-do list and you know if I get given more tasks I'll just add that on there so that kind of helps me and I sort of prioritize it like in red what's important or whatever you know my boss has sort of said to me like can this get done urgently and I'll just get it done there and then so it's it's that as well so I think again it's just being transparent and having good clear communication it really is important and I guess that's why everybody says communication is key. Mm. So finally now what do the next few years look like for you? Are there any particular goals within your career or anything that you're aspiring to take on in terms of responsibilities or or do? So one thing I feel I feel like um, about being in this again like what I was saying like PAs are your secret weapon you get to know so many people from different levels and organizations and it's almost like I've got to know a lot of our port members but not just like senior level but within internally as well so I I, I forget when we've done events I think <laughs> we've done I've done a couple of events and I see the same people there but I forget that I know them but they don't know each other so I like to connect people who don't know each other as well and if I get a good you, know, I, you kind of bounce off someone and their energy and you kind of get their character and again it's, it comes down to like even when I do the annual lunch table planning I like to put people who never normally sit next to each other but when I go around the room and I see they're talking and engaging I love that so I think for me it's about stakeholder and network and engagement for our members like to grow that and to connect more people together and I do find people our members do come up to me like oh Shaz, who can I talk about this and do you know this person and I go yeah sure you're here you know I'll introduce you um so I do thrive on that and connecting people so I think I want to build on the event side of things and how I can make things better and connect people better and sort of push that forward I think um because obviously I think I'm moving away from my office management PA role now and I'm getting in, I should be getting a new job title soon so I'm not sure what that is yet but we'll we'll find out soon uh, on LinkedIn I'm sure you will <laughs> want it to be if I said choose your title uh, oh I'm not sure <laughs> I could go all over the town with this one <laughs> like head of events or events and business development or something I don't know yeah so, something I think invents a coordinator of some sort and something like that yeah we'll see <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and chatting with me, Shanaz. It's been really lovely to get to know you a bit better and find out more about British Ports Association as well, because um, it's one of those things you think, God, it looks like, like you say, your friends and family look in and think that looks fun, yeah. but you never really know until you have these conversations. That absolutely is. So. No, thank you for having me. And um, you got we we are literally next to Borough Market, so you must come and see and visit us. So. <laughs> I would love to. I'm often in London, so I'd love to do that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This episode is sponsored by the Office Management Portal, our free online membership platform aimed at connecting, supporting and empowering office managers in a simple to use, all-in-one self-service resource. You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THEOMD for 25% off. That's the T H E 
OMD for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening.